Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today, and we hope that this builds you up and helps you live out your faith. Enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? Y'all doing good tonight? Well, uh, before we get started, I just want to welcome any new people or fairly new people that we have here. Uh, I just want to say we are so excited that you're here getting to experience being a part of the Powerhouse family, and uh, we really hope that this is a place that you want to call home. Uh, For the rest of you guys that aren't so new, what it do, baby? (laughs) I didn't get to say that earlier, and so I had to fit it in somewhere. Y'all doing good? No. 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 What y'all talking about? It's Wednesday. It's great. All right, good deal. I'll, I don't know if y'all can tell. I'm a little excited. I have a little bit more energy uh, just because I'm speaking. But along with that, I knew that I'd have a little bit of nerves. And so uh, in order to prepare for that, you know how when you get nervous, sometimes you sweat a little? So uh, this morning, I put on extra deodorant, like an entire stick, just to prevent that, okay? Tell me why it didn't work. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, but seriously, uh, I am excited. Uh, I want to try something real quick, if that's okay with y'all. It's something that hasn't been done yet. Um, you know how whenever you go to like youth conferences and there's guest speakers and they'll put up their pictures of like their wife and their kids and, and maybe a puppy or two, and it's just so adorable, right? Obviously, I don't have that. And uh, of course, for, for me and my family, I make them look bad. I'm, I'm, I'm the ugly one. And so what I decided to do is... Shucks. Anyways, uh, what I decided to do is uh, I wanted to show y'all some pictures of my family goals, okay? And so, uh, can we get that first picture up real quick? We had to start with Josh Jones. I know, right? This is what I want someday. Anyways, uh, I kind of wanted to brag on Josh. Uh, First of all, I had a little joke. I, I I'm not going to say it. I told Josh I might, but okay. Uh, my, my joke is uh, whenever I'm praying at night, I ask, I ask the Lord, it's like, help me to be as much like Jesus as I possibly can. But if I can't be like him, help me to be like Josh Jones. Uh, so um, anyways, uh, one of the cool things about Josh, uh, and you can tell whenever he's speaking, I want to brag on him a little, a little bit, is how well-versed he is, okay? And uh, it's something I respect so much about. I don't know if y'all know what that means, but well-versed is just having such a knowledge of your word that it's written on the tablet of your heart. Like, I bet you, you could ask Josh right now something in the Bible, and he'd be able to answer it. He'd be able to quote it in the KJV, of course. Uh, But uh, he, he would be able to tell you exactly what it is and where it says that and be able to back it up. And it's something that every time I'm around him, uh, along with our other leaders, it challenges me to, to dig even deeper. And so I want to brag on him real quick. Uh, next up, can we get our next picture? If y'all don't know who this is, this is Pastor Michael. He is our children's pastor. Uh, he is a mentor of mine. I, I work with him in our kids' ministry, seems like, every day. And he might be the nicest guy I've ever met. And uh, the cool thing about him is uh, whenever we talk about Christ-like love, he is a great example of that. I've never seen somebody that loves like he does and has compassion like he does. And so uh, every time that I'm around him and I watch how he responds to uh, easy and difficult people, it just challenges me to love uh, like Christ would even more. And so I want to brag on him with that. Uh, Can we get our next picture real quick? Pastor Travis. Can we give it up for Pastor Travis in the back? He is here tonight. I've known Pastor Travis for probably about seven years now, and uh, he, he's known me before and after Christ. He's known me in my BC days and my, and my AC days. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and uh, man, I, I'm so grateful for Travis. Uh, 
He, he's always helped me to, to be connected and put me in opportunities to, to help do ministry and lead others towards Christ. And I think that's such a cool thing. But what I respect about Travis, more than just being a, a great godly man who, who makes opportunities for others, is he's such a great husband. He's a great godly father. He's a great leader and shepherd. And every time I, I feel like I hang out with Travis, I feel like I can pick something out. And I'm just like, okay, I want to implement this in my life and in my ministry. And I think that's so cool of Travis. And so uh, let's give it up for Travis one more time. He is awesome. I promise I'm not just kissing up to my boss. <laughs> Um, uh, can we get this last one up real quick? I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> no, nah, I think, uh, pastor Cole is really cool. I've known him for about five or six years myself. And, uh, one of the things that I absolutely love about Cole, every time you have a conversation with him, it seems like there's two things that are more important than anything else that are weighing on his mind. And it's this, where is your soul going? Number one, are you good with God? Are you, do you have a, a walk with him? Are you spending time with him or are you not? And the second question is, if you're doing that, then are you pouring into others and getting poured into? And uh, just the, he, he values souls truly. And he cares about uh, building up the kingdom. And I think that's so awesome. It's something the Lord's really laid on my heart in the last three or four years, something like that. And uh, every time I'm around him, I feel like he challenges me in that. But I just wanted to brag on those people. Uh, our other leaders are so, so awesome. I feel like I also take so much from them as well. But I wanted to shout out just a couple just to start off um, and, and thank them. But anyways, like I said earlier, I'm so excited to share what God has put on my heart tonight. Uh, uh, just by show of hands, uh, how many of you would say that 2020 has not been your best year? It's been kind of, oh, wow, that's about exactly what I expected. Okay. Um, yeah, and if you haven't, by the grace of God, somehow been hit with the bullet of 2020, uh, then you at least know somebody that has been, who, who's been going through the ringer, okay? They've really just been confused or stressed out or frustrated or all of the above. And, uh it sucks. 2020 has not been fun. Let's be honest. Uh, but I, I do kind of want to address on uh, how we're supposed to res respond because I feel like oftentimes in our walk with God, we let our circumstances determine the way our walk with God goes versus our walk with God determining how we view our circumstances. Okay. Uh, notice I didn't say change our circumstances because the Bible actually talks about that we are going to go through tough times. We are going to go through difficult things. We are going to have uh, trials and temptations. And it says that in John 16, 33 says, I have said these things that in you, that you may have peace in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay. Now let's just imagine for a second that this verse stopped about halfway. And all that it said was, uh, I've said these things that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulations, period. That kind of sucks. It's just like, thanks, God. That's so, so thoughtful of you. But luckily, it doesn't stop there. He says, in me you may have peace. You will have tribulations, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And I think that's so awesome, you know? Um, it's easy to be frustrated and angry and depressed and stressed or fill in the blank with whatever your problem is. But whenever we put our, ourselves in the peace of Jesus, when we're spending time in his presence, we can have peace because he's already overcome it. So COVID-19, Jesus has overcome that. Racial tension, Jesus has overcome that. Depression, Jesus has overcome that. Political unrest, Jesus has overcome that. Uh, your rough home life, Jesus has overcome that, Okay. And he's overcome your sin too. He's overcome uh, the broken things that you've been going through, whether you've said it out loud or not. And uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about the purpose of brokenness, right? 
We've been talking about how it's supposed to point to our need for a savior, how the only one that we can depend on to heal us and to restore those broken things is Jesus Christ and his saving gospel. The only thing that can save us, that can heal those things is the gospel message that Jesus Christ lived out and wants us to share. So tonight, if you don't have a personal walk with the Lord, then of course this gospel message is for you. But if you've been walking with the Lord for it doesn't matter how long, if you've been faithful or if you've been unfaithful, the gospel message has, is for you too. And so uh, when we remember the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we remember the free gift that Jesus gave us, it has the power to give us an attitude of gratitude. It has the power to change the way we view things. And instead of uh, being frustrated and depressed and thinking all these types of ways and feeling all these types of ways, it gives us more of a kingdom mindset, okay? I feel like the Lord put on my heart something specific for tonight especially for those who aren't walking in that joy and that freedom that God has to offer. And that can apply to both saved and unsaved. And I felt like what he was saying is it's not too late, okay? So we're gonna talk about how there's still time on the clock. The ball is in your court. You have the ball. Time is winding down. Let's not get it twisted. But what are you gonna do? Before we do that, let's pray. So Father God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the sacrifice and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. And because of him, we can have hope, we can have joy, and we can walk in freedom. Lord, I just pray that as I speak, that your words would come out of my mouth, that it wouldn't even be me speaking, that you would be uh, using me just as a vessel, God. And that it would, we wouldn't leave here the same as we came in. God, I also want to pray for Cole and Brittany as they're on vacation, uh, that they would be refreshed and restored, and that uh, they would come in with new vision as we're finishing off this year and starting up next year. Uh, we thank you for how they lead and how you've used them. And God, we just want to give you one more time all the praise and all the glory. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you have a Bible, uh, I would love it if you turned with me to Jonah. Uh, we're just going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. And uh, if you don't, of course, it'll be on the Sky Bowl. Uh, and we're just going to go ahead. You caught that? Okay, cool. Um, anyways, so we're just going to go ahead and break this down. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come before me. And right here in just these two verses, it leads me to my first point, okay? God has given you a purpose and a calling, all right? I think before we get into the fact that it's not too late, let's break down that God has a specific purpose and calling for your life, just like how he gave to Jonah, okay? Uh, according to Google, and you know that Google is the most reliable dictionary, um, a purpose, uh, purpose means the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. A calling, on the other hand, is a strong urge toward a particular way of life. Within the first two verses, we see both of these in the case of Jonah. His purpose, it was revealed to him. He was to go and tell the people of Nineveh that they had sinned, they had been rebelling against God, and if they didn't turn from their sins and repent, they were going to be destroyed. Jonah's calling was given to him from birth. You might be wondering, Luke, where did you get that? It's in his name. Isn't that cool? So uh, I was listening to this podcast. It's called Exploring My Strange Bible. It's by Tim Mackey, and I highly encourage y'all check it out if you ever get the chance. And uh, he was talking about whenever you translate uh, the meaning of Jonah and his father's name back into Hebrew, because that's what they were. They were Hebrew. Um, Jonah's name means dove, you know, like uh, the Holy Spirit or God's presence or purity, etc., stuff like that. Uh, his father, Amittai, his name means faithfulness. So when you read this first verse back, it says, the word of the Lord came to Dove, son of faithfulness. That's so cool. 
Um, Jonah was called from birth to be filled with God's presence. He was a prophet, okay? He was called to be filled with God's presence in his presence, close to God his entire life. And his purpose was later on revealed to him that he was supposed to go to Nineveh, okay? Now, a lot of times when we think of purpose, we think of like specific things, you know, like jobs and occupations. And uh, I don't want to go ahead, jobs, that's the same thing. Anyways, uh, but, uh, and, and I don't want to go into diagnosing what yours might be, but I know that the Bible specifically tells us what our purpose is. And that is to love God, to spend time in his presence and to tell others, leading them into that same relationship with him. Okay. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Isaiah 43, uh, verse seven and 10 says this, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them, verse 10. But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You've been chosen to know me, believe in me and understand that I alone am God. I love the song, Great Are You, Lord especially when it talks about it's your breath in my lungs, so we pour out our praise. And we talk about offering every week. We talk about giving, and there's def- it's definitely important. There is biblical principle in that, and we need to do it. But the greatest thing that we can give God is our worship, is our praise, okay? Whenever we're setting ourselves on the altar, sacrificing ourselves, saying, God, I, I give you everything that I am, even though this isn't necessarily what I want to do, I know that it's what I'm supposed to do and it's what I'm going to do because you are worthy. You created me. You put this breath in my lungs. It's why I'm living and I'm going to praise you with it. I am giving it back to you, okay? But if we're being honest, and I'm the worst one of us all, by the way, we're more like Jonah in verse three, and it says this. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. This is something I was kind of thinking about as I was writing my notes. And uh, in verse 3, it talks about how whenever Jonah was disobedient and ran away from God's presence, it cost him. You know, obviously it cost him monetarily. It cost him with the storm that would come. We'll read about that later. But even if there's not a storm that costs you or a monetary amount that costs you, it also cost Jonah not being in the presence of God. He was separated from God because of his disobedience. Sometimes we don't always like what God has to say or wants us to do. Um, In the case of Jonah, the people of Nineveh were a people he hated. Uh, They were a people that had uh, done the Jews wrong for a long time. And he honestly would have rather seen them die, for being honest. Uh, he did not want that same grace that was extended to him extended to them. And so uh, maybe for you, it's not so much that you want to see somebody die, but um, maybe there's a, something that the Lord's put on your heart and uh, he's telling you to give that up or he's telling you to do this and spend more time with him. It's like, I don't know, God, I really like this. You know, just food for thought. Isaiah 55, verse eight and nine This is what it says about what we think, you know. Uh, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Um, Whether we say it verbally or not, we think we know quite a bit and we definitely think we have our own best interests at heart whenever we decide to do things. Am I right? Let's be honest. Um, But... As crazy as it seems, God sees the big picture. We only see such a narrow point of view. And he wants what's best for us more than we do. And so I don't know about y'all, 
it's, a, it's time to trust God who sees the bigger picture. I don't know. I thought that was cool. Um, I also think it's kind of funny when we get upset at God for uh, when we mess up. I'm going to use a practical example. Some of y'all may have gone through this. This is something I definitely did when I was your age in Powerhouse. Travis can attest to this. Um, maybe some of y'all have felt like at some point in your walk with the Lord that you were called to a season of singleness. And uh, I don't know, maybe you felt like, God, this is a time that I'm going to spend with you. I'm going to really just dig into your word. I'm going to be closer than I have ever been to you. Next thing you know, you're booed up. Um, you, got you, a, you got you a girl, you got you a guy, and things are going good. You know, uh, Life is great. You're not spending time with the Lord, really, um, but you do have a great girlfriend, a great boyfriend, um, until you break up. Why? Because you're 15. Uh, so, yeah, so... Um, Anyways, whenever that happens and you're just crushed and heartbroken and just thinking, God, why would you let me go through this? Because you're still 15. Um, anyways, and, uh, and you're just like, I thought they were the one. Why'd you let me go through this? I'm crushed. Really, dog? For real? Sometimes the storms that we find ourselves in, the trouble that we find ourselves in, it's because of our own doing. But the good news is, my second point is this, that God always makes a way for us to come back. Amen? I'm going to read quite the chunk of scripture. I'm very sorry, but I, I didn't want to separate any of this because it's really good. God's word is so good. Amen? So we're going to be in verse 4 and then jump to verse 7 and uh, read till 16. And it says this, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship threatened to break up. Verse 7, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may, may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and of course the lots fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country, and what people are you? And he said to them, I am Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were afraid. They were exceedingly afraid. And they asked, What is this that you've done? because they knew that he was running away from God's presence. He had told them. Uh, then they said, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet us down, down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Say that with me, tempestuous. tempestuous. It's a fun word. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know that it is because of me this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to try and get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Say that with me again, tempestuous against them. Thank you. Uh, therefore, they called out to the Lord and they said, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. A few things I want to talk about in this scripture. First, Jonah's sin didn't keep God from doing, uh, from, from being glorified. Uh, Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Granted, this verse right here in Genesis is, a, is out of context, but I, I just kind of want to talk about whether it's sin or whether it's us being tested, God is going to complete the good work that he began in us, okay? Uh, Jonah ran away and was disobedient. That's evil, okay? But God, he sent the storm and uh, he, he brought it so that he could be glorified so the men on that ship could see the power of our awesome God. That's good. 
And that happened through Jonah's disobedience. Now, I'm not encouraging sin by any means. I'm not encouraging being disobedient because that breaks God's heart, all right? Um, He has the power to forgive and heal and restore, but that doesn't mean we need to go out and do it, of course. Uh, The point of our testimony is to show others that, hey, this might be who I used to be, but because I am a new creation, because I'm uh, restored, I've been saved, I've been sanctified, and Jesus is making me more and more in his image, healing me day by day, you can too, even though you're struggling just as much as I used to be, okay? Second, just because he had a storm did not mean that God was punishing him. I think God was creating an opportunity for him to come back. Let me be clear, though. Jonah's storm was punishment. Uh, Jonah, he was disobedient to God, and that was how... God brought him back, ultimately. He jumped in the water, or he was thrown in the water, the fish got him, whatever. But I don't want it to seem like if you've ever done something or been through something and you feel like you're too far gone that God can't save you, that's not true because God disciplines those he loves. Just like a good father disciplines his child for his own safety and protection, okay? But I do wanna encourage you that it was for his own good. What about the men on the ship though? It wasn't their sin that brought that storm, right? I mean, they do sin, yes, but it wasn't their sin that brought that storm. What about them? That sucks, you know? And as I was reading that, I was thinking about our students that I don't know what your home life is like. Maybe you have parents that they're not together anymore. They're going through a divorce. Maybe they, uh, you, you have family members that are dealing with a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, or maybe you're just believing lies of the enemy and your mind is being attacked every day. That's not a card that you asked for. It's one that you were dealt, and I'm so sorry about that. But the good news is that just because they were going through that storm does not mean that God can't be glorified and you can't be saved, Okay. Just like these men were, they went through that storm. It wasn't their storm that they asked for. Jonah brought that because of what he had. He carried that baggage. But they got saved and God was shown, he he was shown the glory. His glory was shown. I think that's awesome. That's something worth praising about. Can we give it up for him real quick? Anytime that we're going through a storm, we have to be dependent on God. The question is, will we be? All right, and this leads me to my final point. Whenever God's making a way for us, are we paying attention? All right. Uh, After Jonah was thrown off the ship, uh, he was swooped in, got up by a fish. It's kind of gross. Um, Luckily, he didn't die. Uh, He wasn't digested or anything like that. But those three days, he repented. And it says this in verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. So what some might have seen as a bad thing, getting thrown into the ocean, being swallowed up by a fish, still gross, and uh, being in there for three days, God used as an opportunity to bring Jonah back. He appointed that fish. And I don't know what you're going through, but maybe this is a storm or a season that God appointed so that you could see his need for him and have a relationship with your loving heavenly father. I don't know. That's cool. That's really cool. Later on in chapter two, after Jonah repents, It says in verse 10 that the fish spit him out, that God spoke to the fish and that he spit him out. Still gross, because I'm continuing to think about this. Uh, And the Lord spit him on dry land. Then God reminded Jonah of his purpose, extending the grace to Jonah that he needed so desperately and allowing Jonah to be purposed back into what he was purposed from the very beginning. I said that kind of weird. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Uh, Anyways, When Jonah was obedient, 
God used him in an incredible way. He led 120,000 people into repentance. I don't know about you. I'm so grateful that whenever I mess up, God still wants to complete the good work that he began in me. And he does the same for you. Can we give it up for him one more time? As, uh, as the band makes their way back up, I just kind of want to ask, where do you stand? I, I understand that this year has definitely not been the easiest year, but I don't think it needs to end like this. I feel like it can end better. And that begins with a walk with the Lord. Uh, maybe you're somebody that at some point you just stopped walking with the Lord. Like with quarantine happening, uh, maybe it was uh, you, you thought, oh, I'll spend time with God later. And later kept coming and coming and coming until it was bedtime and you were tired and you said, I'll do it tomorrow. And the same thing happened again and again and again. Okay. Maybe you're somebody that you went on the beach trip with us. And you felt like the Lord really put a fire in your heart to serve him and, and be with him more. But like any campfire, it begins to die down. And uh, you're not as on fire for the Lord as you used to be. And maybe you're just somebody that wouldn't even consider somebody that loves God or spends time with him. Well, uh, real quick, I want to ha- share a saying that Pastor Travis says a lot here re- recently, and I absolutely love it. The best time to plant a tree is 50 years ago but the second best time to plant a tree is today. What does that mean? So when you've planted a tree 50 years ago, its roots are deep, it is founded, it is secure, and it's not going anywhere. It has seen so many storms that it's not gonna be moved. But the second best time is now, so it can develop those roots, so it can go deeper, and it can hold on securely to the foundation, to the soil that it's supposed to. For us, our roots are supposed to be deeply planted in Christ. And the longer that we're in that, the longer that we're planted in what God has for us in his word, we're not gonna be moved. We're gonna see storms come. We're gonna see things happen. Do you know how many trees, so many strong trees have seen tough hurricanes come through, tough tornadoes, and it has not been knocked down. And God wants to do the same thing in us as we're planted in him.